So this evening, I'd like to offer some reflections on the four Brahma Viharas and then uh, focusing a little on compassion. So, um, last week I touched on metta, loving-kindness, and yeah, in uh, in these particular teachings, the Brahma Viharas, the, these these great uh, heart qualities of kindness and care and appreciative joy and equanimity. Um, I find myself turning to them again and again in my practice and in teaching and uh, so I hope these reflections can be um, helpful for you or just again as always to just to uh, listen in that spacious way just letting the words float through trusting that whatever is helpful will be heard will be received and not feeling that you have to kind of pick up you know and as I say gnaw on any of it and to let the listening and the being here together be a support be you know just be that simple um, yeah and yet as you know it can be so helpful to reflect on sometimes some of these themes uh, teachings um, and I often teach on the cultivation of wholesome qualities and uh, I was reflecting uh, you know I guess different teachers have different tendencies and this may be one of mine and I, I think that um, somehow um, especially coming coming to meditation with a lot of suffering and somehow you know that 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 over the years it's felt like what's what's made the difference to the suffering has a lot to do with these brahma viharas you know so um different isn't it for all of us a different uh i know aspects of practice we choose to kind of particularly focus on and it's like yeah you know it's it's interesting and um one of the things i think is so interesting about the buddha and and the lists you know the four this is and the five that's and the eight whatevers and the, you know i think it i think it's just another aspect of his genius you know and of his compassion is understanding our tendency to to want to get hold of something, you know, this the one thing that's going to like you know do it, <laughs> be the key, be the right. I'll just do this, and then you know. <laughs> and something about the a more holistic vision of what's possible for a human being in terms of understanding and love and and awakening. Which is really, it's like, it's this uh, widening maybe, you know, kind of a sense of the vastness of awareness that is enriched. I like, I find this a helpful idea of enriched awareness. It's enriched with qualities that are, you know, helpful and beautiful. And you know it's all in all in all of you. Just so beautiful to see that the the beautiful qualities that are just so clear to me. You know, the courage, the calm, the humor, the, the curiosity, the yeah, just maybe. Again, I sometimes feel like this is such a to, to recognize the wholesome qualities that that are here or that are available. That are you know, just 
And and I, I, I well know it's harder to see it in yourself. So often it is to see in other people. <laughs> see them lots in other people, but here, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe a little, little bit of kindness, maybe sometimes <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> we can be so mean and stingy to ourselves, you know. Like it's not quite polite to recognize our good qualities. Yeah, and also that these Brahma Viharas, you know, as with a lot of these wholesome qualities, there's just something quite wonderful about. I sometimes call them the natural wonders of the heart. Like you can just come upon, like you're in the mountains, you know, and you just suddenly come upon this glorious waterfall. Can it? Can it be a bit like that in your life and your retreat? You just. You kind of, oh, suddenly some joy comes or some, you know, love or some tenderness, like, oh. And it, and it can feel so just like, yeah, like a natural wonder. Sort of nobody made it. You know, you haven't had to deserve it or, you know, nobody's there kind of pumping it out or, you know displaying it and trying to sell it to you. <laughs> Here, buy this, this is really good. Compassion. Oh, only ten only ten dollars. So I wanted to share with you a, a teaching that actually was kind of, I think it was a, formu- a, a, a formulation or description of the four sublime abidings um, that my friend and colleague Paul Burrows and I kind of, I think it was kind of a combination of his words and mine. And um, and I'll put it on the board. I, I particularly uh, like it because it, it shows how these four qualities kind of can support and balance each other. So you, you can hear. And the, the sense, again, that we... It's not just one... One quality that... That... that, that uh, is that this is it's it's like it's a it's like a something more like a kaleidoscope maybe but also that um we can consciously call upon them or remember them and bring them to mind and maybe i thought it might be interesting if as you, as we listen to them you might want to check out kind of I don't know which are clearer for you or more present in your experience or somehow feel more known or familiar and others feel more like oh yeah I don't know that's quite and sometimes that can be an indication and a, a sort of pointing towards oh kind of hmm, maybe need a bit more of that or just oh okay just so just again being sensitive to kind of what um, what speaks what is less resonant or more. So I'll just share this and then we'll go on. So metta, the love that connects, is an antidote to all forms of aversion. It is not attachment. If it slides into sentimentality, karuna brings the heart back into balance. Karuna, the love that responds, is an antidote to cruelty. It is not pity. If it slides into sorrow, mudita brings the heart back into balance. Mudita, the love that celebrates, is an antidote to envy. It is not competitive. If it slides into agitated excitement, upeka brings the heart back into balance. Upeka, 
the love that allows, is the antidote to partiality. It is not indifference. If it slides into disconnection, metta brings the heart back into balance. So, something you can check out. Again, I'll put it on the board, but can you, and I hope you can get a sense of somehow how each of them can help support and balance the other. Yeah. Bringing the heart back into balance. It's like what's needed. And isn't that so much of our practice, I, I feel, is about that, just growing that, strengthening that uh, capacity to, to be wise, you could say, to, to, to know, to, to discern what's needed. You know, and of course we all know all the, the things that get in the way of that, get in the way of that wisdom. Yeah. And kind of seem to block our access to kindness or equanimity. Yeah. So, so I'd like to say a little bit about compassion and then offer a fairly brief guided meditation. We'll see, see what happens. So, I'll just share with you one way that I, I practice with this and that um, hope it's very practical because I think as with you know many of these sorts of qualities it can it can start to feel a bit unreachable or saintly or you know how on earth do you be compassionate and so you know, just finding some ways in so we 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 meet dukkha in many forms as you well know <laughs> you know in ourselves in 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 our in our meditation practice and our retreat and, and and in the world and so much of our you know so central somehow to our practice is understanding understanding deeply deeply understanding that and Part of that is this kind of turning, this this uh, training to gradually, gently, maybe little by little, you know, sort of, I don't know, not being able to, and then to be able to meet what is difficult. And, oh, I don't know, I... I don't want to put this in a way where it sounds like it's judgmental. So I have this image in my mind. So something hurts. Something is like, ouch. And then there's like the mind can kind of go two ways. Just one way of looking at it. One way is, oh no, right? Tighten up. Tighten up. Oh no. Fear. I've got this whole list of things that then, you know... Try to fix it, try to get rid of it, get away from it, resist, ignore, deny, be ashamed of, proliferate about, get lost in and identified with, dot, 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 fill in your own. <laughs> what is this? This just so, and, and something about this very deeply conditioned uh, reactivity, you know, which is so human and so it's like we all have our own versions of this and and I I still do it you know so <laughs> that's something about that this any moment any moment that that even in a process of difficulty can we can some oh there's another possibility here right there's that ouch and then there's a reacting and the reacting to the reactions and then the you know and the tightening and tightening and tightening until you know uh, i'm sure you'll know what i mean and then oh okay this other possibility which is 
um, to meet that which is difficult with with what? With mindfulness, with oh, pausing. You know, this is so. I mean, maybe this is like the. This is this may be the point. It's like the compassion, but actually, it's the pausing. Somehow, finding out how to. Oh, wait a minute. You know. Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> and then there can be some something else can happen. Some kind of caring, some kind of oh. And and I do see this as a training. You know, it's so interesting. Even if we say compassion is naturally arising and sometimes spontaneously arises. You know, I can really feel how again and again there's this need to oh, okay, remember what would it be to meet this moment with uh, care, you know? And and I, I think it must be a lifetime's work because in a way the conditions keep changing and so what that looks and feels like, you know, maybe it's never exactly the same, you know. But what is it now? What is it now? You know? And then the, the space to to actually allow the, the, so, so, I, I just wanted to share with you a couple of, um, Pema Chodron said, compassion involves daring to relax and move gently towards what scares us. I think that's, really, wow, that's like, and I was going through some of my pre-talk dukkha this afternoon. It's like, and I read that, and I started just in walking and daring to relax, the relax the belly, particularly maybe, because daring to relax, because isn't there fear? If there's fear around, it's like. You feels like you've got to tighten up something in the organisms, like because because then we you know we're ready to defend against those nasty yogis who are going to throw cabbages at me. Or, seems highly unlikely, but you know you never know. You gotta be ready for the cabbages, and you know, they might suddenly come. At least if you're you know you're ready for them, you can like. Whoa. So softening, compassion involves daring. I love that. Daring to relax. You ever heard those two words together? I kind of really like that. And move gently towards what scares us. I was reminded of a story that a friend of mine called Zohar, who teaches in Europe and India and Israel and... uh, hope I can do honor to the story as she told it, but it just it felt so came up to me so I'll share share it with you that she has for many years worked in a, a leper colony in India for part of the year, uh, helping people and just befriending and I don't know that's the main part of what I got of what she did. And she told a story, which I will kind of tell in condensed version, of coming back one year and finding that one of the people there who she'd had kind of befriended and had made friends with was kind of sick and in a kind of ward with others and really not well. And, and um, so my friend went to to see her and she could see she could see this person kind of just a little way across the room covered with a blanket and sort of you know just not in a good state kind of maybe soiled or you know just sick and just not in a a good state and 
what 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 so touched me about what my friend shared with me was how it was so hard for her to walk across the room to her friend and so as i remember what happened was she just kept coming back maybe for a few days, and just got a bit closer each time. And eventually, um, somebody else in the room called out Zohar's name, and the person under the blanket, this, this, this hand just shot out towards her. And so then she went the rest of the way. I don't know if that touches you, but it's just such a beautiful human story of, you know, the caring heart and then, you know, what what gets in the way, what, what, what can stop us and then the, just that compassion for our own condition and the patience, but the coming back. And gently moving towards what scares us. Hmm. So, um, you probably know that I find this a helpful reflection into the two two kind of aspects of what we call compassion are two words from the Pali, Anyukampa and Karuna. And the Anyukampa is that, maybe that part again that, that feels with, that resonates with, that is touched by pain, suffering. And, and it's not, it's, it actually feels good. Yeah, that's important I think. It's kind of actually, it has a kind of, oh, has a kind of, a certain kind of, I don't know if pleasant is the right word, but it's, um, it's maybe something to do with the joy of connection, that, that, the the empathic resonance, like you, and there's something in us loves that and feels, ah, connection, together, not separate, ah. <laughs> That's a compassion has that, um, and then there's the karuna, which uh, again I'm no Pali scholar, but my understanding is that it has this more active, you know, caring, engaging, responding kind of aspect to it, and um, act to protect. Kind of there's a kind of movement to to protect or to yeah. So I don't know that it's like both the more listening, receptive, and then the sort of maybe something more active, and I, 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 I the both kind of manifestations or aspects of compassion are really important, and somehow, yeah. Um, I wanted to also share an expression of. From Sharon Salzberg, which I thought expresses this aspect of compassion very, really clearly. She she wrote, "Compassion is the strength that arises out of seeing the true nature of suffering in the world. Compassion allows us to bear witness to that suffering, whether it is in ourselves or others, without fear. It allows us to act strongly." with all the skill at our disposal. I love, again, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Compassion is strength. And it's the strength that arises when we can see clearly the nature of suffering. And isn't that so much, it's like that's, it really isn't in a way different from our mindfulness practice, from our, this this training, this this practice, this, 
you know, to, to, be, to meet, to be with what is, to see clearly. And, and again, that, that just endless, endless patience <laughs> with just uh, not, not getting it, not, not seeing. But how something about seeing the way, really meeting the way it is, allows, this is one way I understand it, it's like that creates a, a channel for the care to just flow through. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. It's something you can check out. It's so something about when you're connected with what's there and then appropriate response, right? Because there's the wisdom, that there's the mindfulness, there's a kind of, you're not just like, you know, kind of <laughs> so much just, you know, like trying to help, say, which is not the same. <laughs> it's something more like then that connection, the more present you are with what's happening, the more appropriate the response can be. Do you see? And it's like, and sometimes I feel like that then creates a channel where the, the care, it just flows and the fear and the other things that get in the way are not so, then they don't impede. I wanted to give two examples of um, one, just uh, a huge act of gen generous, compassionate uh, response that I sort of was on the receiving end of and, and, and probably, you know, this this may be part of, of a practice, a very important part of this cultivation is actually sometimes thinking about, reflecting upon how it feels. Again, this is this translation of the teachings into our heart, into oh, getting it, feeling it. Kind of, so we can remember. We can actually bring to mind when somebody was kind and com you know compassionate action. Just and just to f kind of remember or bring to mind at least to some degree. You know how that felt. Like what what the effect of that was. What impact. What difference did it make? And I and that there's something there for me which then is a very there's, there's, that really enriches the soil or something. I love the, the, the compassion seeds are much more likely to grow. It's like, oh yeah. Um, so quite a long time ago now, it's actually just over 10 years ago when my foster mum died. Uh, no, sorry, when she was, wait a minute, what am I talking about? No, this was before then. Okay, this is, no, it is 10 years ago, sorry. Rewind. <laughs> and I got a phone call that she was very ill and I knew she was, you know, was somewhere near the end. And um, I was actually at Gaia House in England, retreat center, probably you know. I was serving as a, a volunteer coordinator, working and cooking and doing stuff. and. And I got this call, I was really late on Sunday evening and I had this very strong, oh my gosh, I should be there, how can I get there, you know. And, um, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't drive, I still can't actually, there's a confession. Anyway, that's another, that's another topic. <laughs> um, anyway, just to understand part, to understand the story, I couldn't just jump in a car and go, so my two, two, two friends, two people I was serving with, about, I don't know, must have been about a quarter of an hour after I received this news, they just came trotting along to my room and just said, we'll drive you 300 miles. <laughs> so, okay, really? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Right, right. So get in the car and drive, you know, two-thirds of the way across England and which is not that big but anyway it's a long way in the middle of the night um, although of course the traffic was less so that was makes it a bit easier and quicker 
So we got to where my foster mum was about three o'clock in the morning. And then they two of them went to stay with one of their aunts nearby. And then they were going to drive back to Guy House the next day. And I just... I just still, for me, that's was just such a beautiful offering, so generous and so compassionate. So I'm sure you all have your own experiences. Yeah. So another uh, another example I want to give, where and again it came to mind. So for whatever reason, I, where I was in the London Underground and traveling somewhere, I can't remember where. Um, and I, I was walking along the platform and, and then I saw this, uh, a young woman standing somewhere near the bottom of the, no, at the bottom of the stairs and she was sort of squashed up against the wall, you know, and there's hundreds of, it was kind of rush hours and loads of people and she was just, you could just see, I just saw her and I could see she was in a real state Really, really kind of upset and scared and everything. So I just kind of steered through the maelstrom and and just went and kind of stood next to her and said, "Can I help? You know, are you okay?" And and anyway, long story sort of short, I I stayed with her and ended up putting my arm around her and kind of because she was kind of a bit wobbly and went up the escalator and she made a phone call that she couldn't make down there and it turned out she didn't speak very good English she was from Russia and she'd never been to London before and anyway and then we came down the escalator again back down to the underground and I you know so then she was sort of calming down a bit and then we got to the the platform and it was the right platform the right train yeah and so we went over it two or three times right you're going there three stops there and then fine okay <laughs> You know, and then just waited and sort of, you know, sort of made sure she got on and, and she sat down and we waved, you know, and I never saw her again. I hope she's all right. You know, and I, I don't always do that, but I did then and I'm really glad I did. So, and I'm sure you all have experiences as well when you've reached out to somebody. And just doesn't it feel, just feels good. <laughs> and it's not should and it's not trying to, you know, be a good person or any of this kind of rubbish. <laughs> it's not that. You know, and, and again, like with the story of my friend, like we're just not always available and okay. And that has to be okay. That has to be okay too. Otherwise, it just doesn't. It? it just becomes something else to get wrong. <laughs> this, this, there's no help to anyone. So this great quality of compassion uh, is really um, so much needed in the world, isn't it? And needed in our own in our own hearts, in our in our retreat. And how can we perhaps um, help that to grow? You know, in our in the silence, in our aloneness, when we don't have so much contact with others who, you know, Or just in the way we are here, or the way we are with ourselves, can we sort of either notice this sense of being able to, you know, when it's difficult, when it's painful, ah, oh, no, rather than, oh no, God. <laughs> and I know it's easy to say that, it's not so easy to, to do and find daring to relax yeah but again it's all a practice isn't it 
So I thought, hmm. Maybe I'll just offer a little sort of mini guided meditation and again just, you know, follow on, follow along as much as you want to. Um, and just feel free to be with your breathing, or, you know, just to not engage. So just simply, yeah, settling, feeling the body. Um, and perhaps in just to begin, in a very simple, immediate, kind of uncomplicated way, just feel the, or acknowledge the, sense of ground, grounded, grounded. Body and the floor here and that. Some sense of grounded. And other qualities you know, which are often here, they're actually here for us and we just we just need to turn to them and recognize that they're here, a certain amount of spaciousness or a bit of calm or some tenderness or a sort of openness or just acknowledging, again, our, our kind of our heart on resources of heart, that's why I hear. Not as an idea, but in a more quiet way. Like, again, the enriched awareness and this presence, yeah, presence, these qualities of groundedness or spaciousness or yeah patience whatever's whatever's kind of around and then maybe just for a few moments bringing to mind a sense of something somewhat painful or difficult if there is anything from maybe there's something there now or something from the recent past just something where yeah some pain or difficulty and just some sense of feeling what's there even if it's very very small or just some residual tension from some who knows what and just a kind of vague sense of disquiet or annoyance or just whatever is there that's like just, hmm, a bit uncomfortable hmm I'd rather it sort of wasn't quite really like that yeah. and then seeing if it's possible just to see opening kind of widening allowing just let that be sort of somehow held or just noticed or known with a sense of this larger presence, this presence which really includes all of us here. It doesn't end at the edge of your body. There's a presence, presence of kindness, presence of awareness, sense of let, let it be, let it be held, let it rest in something, rest in something kind, spacious, something like that, just resting this whole little knot of discomfort, 
or just feeling it in the space. Nothing to do with it, nothing to fix, nothing to get rid of. May this be a condition for the arising of tenderness. May this be a condition for the arising of mercy. May this difficulty be a condition for the arising of care and compassion. And then, if you wish, just bringing someone to mind, be someone you know and care about in your life, or maybe someone here who you would like to share this um, this space with. And bringing someone to mind, someone from here or from somewhere else that you would like to to bring to be beside you and perhaps uh, as we did last week for those of you who are here imagining a circle of wise and loving beings around you around both both of you maybe the same wise and loving beings or just a sense of people who have who who have this compassionate skill or quality who who understand about suffering who understand a lot about suffering and can look at you as you and your friend feel whatever you're feeling whatever your friend is feeling and you can feel held in that kind presence that can be with your suffering, that can meet your friend's suffering without any demand, without any expectation, just with care, with care, filling the space and pervading your bodies and minds with this care and compassion. And just seeing if it's possible to receive, receive that. And imagine it maybe sinking in, suffusing, softening the belly, softening, opening to that. And as also feeling the resistance and letting that be met with exactly the same compassionate, non-judgmental, wise care. Nothing left out. Nothing that is untouched by this care and love. Relaxing mind and the body, just letting go of any effort, knowing you can come back to this if you wish. And just coming back to a sense of your own being here, just grounded, calm, 
tender, beautiful, crooked, loved. So I'd like to um, just uh, finish these reflections by sharing something, I <laughs> a story I love. I hope you'll enjoy it and find it helpful. It's from a wonderful book by Ram Das and Paul Gorman called How Can I Help? And this is a, a story, the title is Natural Compassion. I was in about 40 feet of water, alone. I knew I should not have gone alone, but I was very competent and just took a chance. There was not much current, and the water was so warm and clear and enticing. But when I got a cramp, I realized at once how foolish I was. I was not very alarmed, but was completely doubled up with stomach cramp. I tried to remove my weight belt but I was so doubled up I could not get to the catch. I was sinking and began to feel more frightened, unable to move. I could see my watch and knew there was only a little more time on the tank before I would be finished with breathing. I tried to massage my abdomen. I wasn't wearing a wetsuit but couldn't straighten out and couldn't get to the cramped muscles with my hands. I thought, I can't go like this. I have things to do. I just couldn't die anonymously this way with no one to even know what had happened to me. I called out in my mind, somebody, something, help me. I was not prepared for what happened. Suddenly, I felt a prodding from behind me under the armpit. I thought, oh no, sharks. <laughs> I felt real terror <laughs> and despair. Obviously, perhaps I didn't find it funny in that moment. But, but my arm was being lifted forcibly. And round into my field of vision came an eye. The most marvelous eye I could ever imagine. I swear it was smiling. It was the eye of a big dolphin. Looking into that eye, I knew I was safe. It moved further forward, nudging under and hooked its dorsal fin under my armpit with my arm over its back. I relaxed, hugging it, flooding, flooded with relief. I felt that the animal was conveying security to me, that it was healing me as well as lifting me toward the surface. My stomach cramp went away as we ascended and I relaxed with security, but I felt very strongly that it healed me too. At the surface it drew me all the way into shore. It took me into water so shallow that I began to be concerned for it that it would be beached and I pushed it back a little deeper where it waited, watching me I guess, to see if I was all right. It felt like another lifetime. When I took off the weight, belt and oxygen, I just took everything off and went naked back into the ocean to the dolphin. 
I felt so light and free and alive and just wanted to play in the sun and the water and all that freedom. The dolphin took me back out and played around in the water with me. I noticed that there were a lot of dolphins there further out. After a while, it brought me back to shore. I was very tired then, almost collapsing, and he made sure that I was safe in the shallowest water. Then he turned sideways, with one eye looking into mine. We stayed that way for what seemed like a very long time. Timeless, I guess, in a trance almost, with personal thoughts of the past going through my mind. Then he made just one sound and went out to join the others and all of them left. So thank you for your attention. Let's just sit quietly together for a couple of moments before we chant the Reflection on the sharing of the blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.